Facts do not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect. Listeners, welcome to a bonus episode of The Whole View. I am excited to introduce you to Ronald Young. It's uh, great to be here. I met you at a clothing swap six, maybe more months ago, quite a while ago. A year ago. Wow. And it was hosted by a um, DMV, which is the DC metro area group for people of size to come together and exchange clothes with one another. And you were there. I remember walking in and it being in an outdoor environment, not knowing anybody. And there were like tables with clothes all over. And then you were set up with like a big microphone rig situation and you were interviewing people. And you went on to create the Wait for It podcast. And I had no idea what you were doing or what to expect. And when the show came out, I was so impressed with the work that you were doing. I begged you to come on and talk about it here. So welcome. Could you introduce yourself a little bit, the work that you do to to our listeners? Great. Absolutely. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I am Ronald Young Jr. I am an audio producer, storyteller, and host. I'm here in Alexandria, Virginia, and I am the creator and host of the of Wait For It, which is a podcast for folks who can't keep weight off their minds. It's meant to be a narrative show that kind of tells the stories of people trying to navigate through a, a fat phobic world in a world that doesn't fit. And much of the first season was largely biographical. We did a lot of talking about my own stories and we branched out a little bit and told other folks' stories. But the aim of the show is to not only talk about my own feelings about weight, but sharing different perspectives of folks who are, again, just navigating the world when they're always thinking about their weight. And bodies is something, bodies are an issue that we, we treat them in this very specific way, like our relationship with our bodies, our relationships with each other, like all of them are intertwined. And the ways in which we judge beauty and attraction and desirability and worthiness, it's all intertwined with how we feel about our bodies. And I wanted to make a show that actually dug more into those conversations in a way that didn't shy shy away from the things that we avoid saying when we're having those discussions. I am curious how many episodes how long have you been doing that show because you have other podcasts as well right Mm -hmm. yeah this is we just wrapped the first season six episodes well seven episodes plus the bonus episode and we're working on an interview series that'll come out in early january and then we have uh season two coming out at the end of next summer so it's i've been only doing this like this is the first year that the show came out like it, it premiered in august so we were excited because we felt like there there's not enough narrative content when it comes to people actually telling their own stories when it comes to weight. There's a lot of discussion shows about weight and there's a lot of people just talking generally about weight, like maintenance phase and all those other shows. And they all do a great job, but it's rare. Do you get an opportunity to really like dig deep into a story? And I really like the idea of storytelling. I had another podcast called Time Well Spent where it was just more freeform storytelling, where it was just me just 
telling stories about my life and teasing out the lesson because I, I tend to be pretty introspective about things. Like I, I feel things deeply and I think about things a lot mm -hmm. and I always want to make podcasts that kind of reflect that. Well, you have done an excellent job. I noticed that upon release, the show has been acknowledged for, was it a Tribeca nomination? Yeah, we got an official 2023 Tribeca selection. That was cool. That was incredible work and very well produced. And I was honored to have been included at all in the show that was talking about clothing being manufactured for people of size. And I happened to, the week that it was produced, like I was doing a try-on for a travel trip that I do, which I often share my try-ons because I feel like there isn't enough representation of people trying on clothes that isn't predictable in the way that the clothes are going to look or fit in a certain like standard on social media. And I think it's also really important to like remind ourselves that not all clothes are going to fit us, that it's like the clothes job to fit our body and not vice versa. So it's an opportunity for some conversation around that. And in that episode, you did a really deep dive into the history of plus size clothing going all the way back from before Lane Bryant, before clothes were manufactured and pretty much handmade, and then up to where we are now, which is, I think a lot of people would recognize, for example, the new story of Old Navy putting out all plus size clothes in stores. And then within a year during the pandemic, when people weren't shopping in stores, pulling them back and saying that was an effect of people didn't want clothes. And I love that you touched on all of that in your episode and more. Um, what else could people expect to find in both this season as well as like look forward to in the future work of Wait For It um, that you're doing? Well, with this season, uh, a lot of what we did really revolved around just some, I had some specific stories I wanted to tell about my own perspectives on weight. And the first four episodes cover that. It starts with me just being out in the world, navigating what it's like to be, to feel desirable or undesirable, what that actually looks like, how people actually perform that. And then it goes on a journey. It goes back into the past, talking about my own relationships with fat folks and like how I was treating folks when I was straight sized versus when I was no longer straight sized. And then we dive into talking to medical professionals. So I go to a doctor visit that I record, which is pretty interesting. I've gotten a lot of feedback on that episode. And, and then episode four, we dive into the decision point between saying like, is it, do I want to, is it okay to be a fat person or do I want to stay on the cycle of weight loss, which is this journey that fat folks find themselves on constantly because they're being like forced to, to demand thinness all the time as this like sense of morality. And later in the season, we even talk about the morality of body positivity and the morality of uh, our bodies and what that actually looks like. So that's a lot of what we cover in, in season one. In season two, I want to get more external. Like we, we were very introspective and, and we're always going to be a little bit introspective, but in season two, we really want to start talking about the ways in which the world doesn't fit. Like we'll be talking about things like body dysmorphia, gender dysphoria. We'll talk about, we'll talk about airplanes, air travel. We'll talk about dating. So we really just want to kind of branch out of, and there'll still be personal stories. We're still talking to folks that like have a perspective on it, but we really want to just like turn the mirror more towards the world and say like, this is what you're doing. And this is the ways you're making it restrictive for folks to, 
actually interact with the world. So we have some like strong ideas for season two, and we're starting to produce those now and go through, pick our interviews and all that. But it's a lot. We've been so well received in season one that we feel like we don't, we want to make sure we keep that same energy in season two. So I'm taking a little break right now. Like this is probably the first time I haven't been producing an episode of Wait For It in like, I want to say the past maybe two years. Come November, we'll be right back to it, just trying to get these episodes out. So I love that idea of diving into all of the narrative perspectives that you shared. It like immediately brought like the most vivid memory that I have of my weight loss and gain, other than when I was a child and went to fat camp, which we told that story here in a two-part episode with someone who was working on a documentary. But I remember after having lost weight as an adult, going into like a grocery store. And I don't know what grocery store I was in. It must have been like Whole Foods or something because I had to go in an elevator. And I remember someone held the elevator for me and smiled and said, hello. And it like caught me off guard because fat people are invisible to most people most of the time. They don't hold a door for you. They don't, they don't make eye contact with you. They don't smile. And it hadn't occurred to me that was something that like most people had access to on a daily basis until I was in a body that felt safe for others to look at. And then like going into the grocery store, I passed a glass and I looked in my reflection and I did not recognize myself. Like I total body dysmorphia. And I had this like, It wasn't a breakdown, but it was like this explosion in my brain of realization of everything that had happened. And instead of feeling positive about the weight loss and, oh, I'm so glad I'm experiencing these positive things now, it was instead this exercise in the humiliation and the harm and the shame and the realization of like what had been kept from me my whole life. and. It was so short-lived as 98% of what weight loss is or whatever that percentage is that it was like, oh, this is how people see me. This is how I'm treated. And there just, there is not a way to help people understand that our society is set up in a way that because we justify it with this health, health perspective, which is what people are used to on this show, right? We break down the barriers of like weight loss can actually be super detrimental to people's bodies in terms of loss of muscle mass and these sort of things that we see over and over again. Um, But then there's also this, as you're calling it, like this narrative portion of the harm that is caused to people that we also see in scientific studies that show like the medical bias and the bullying and the lack of visibility that people see causes harm emotionally that is actually worse for people's health than the physical state of their body. And people justify this behavior with, oh, it's for your health. But it's not really. It's all about aesthetics. No. And we talk about that in in episode four. It's funny. We have a conversation with three folks that went through bariatric surgery and we get to the end and we ask them the question, if this, because they all we're talking about doing it for their health, but I asked them all the question, if your health would have been 100% fine, would you still do the surgery? And they all said yes. And they all accounted and talked about stigma as being the reason why, 
which is it's it's it should be jarring for people to hear that to say that I I never cared about health, which because the thing is, if I didn't really care about health as being the motivating factor to lose weight, then I also know that you probably didn't care about health for being my motivating factor to lose weight either. And the truth is, when you see a person that's in shape, when you see a person that looks like they that looks attractive or that looks like they're supposed to be there, there's a this list of other things that kind of are checked in your mind. And I use the phrase supposed to be there is because we always assume that straight size folks are supposed to be where they are. Whenever you see a fat person anywhere, your assumption is what are they doing here? And that could be anywhere on a plane, in the grocery store, at the gym, at the doctor's office, wherever they are, they're just like, oh, well, you're not supposed to be here. And if you are here, then you need to change. Something about you needs to change. You're unhealthy. And, and it's harder for people to actually say, I have some discomfort about seeing a fat person. And the, the thing about it is this is not something, if we thought that there was something that just straight sized people were experiencing, this would be its own thing. But fat people experience this too. Like there's been plenty of fat folks in a room comparing themselves to other fat people in the room saying, am I the fattest person in the room? And getting that little bit of relief, which all has to do with the same fat phobia that we're all dealing with. You know what I mean? So it feels... It feels tricky, and it's obviously a lie when we attach it to health because, sure, there are some health problems. There are some health challenges and things that we should talk about that are, are connected. But, for instance, I have high blood pressure, and I remember I was like, I was down on myself for a long time. I have high blood pressure. Oh, my God, I'm fat. I have high blood pressure. And then I realized my father, who is, also, who is thin, has high blood pressure. My friend, J.L., who is also straight size, has high blood pressure. And then they start, I'll talk to a doctor and they're like, well, black folks are predisposed to have, especially black men are predisposed to have high blood pressure, which I'm like, okay, well, nobody factors that in, but somebody's still telling me, well, if you lose some weight, I'm like, so I can lose a hundred pounds and still have high blood pressure. And y'all still would be like, well, at least you look better, even though you're probably still going to have a stroke. It just seems like we're not even solving the underlying issue. I went off on a tangent, but I'm just saying like, if it's about health, then let's be healthy for everyone. Let's talk about health practices for the entire community. Let's talk about the things that are actually harmful to us, to everyone, not just to fat folks, but to straight size folks as well. And stop looking at weight as being symptomatic of someone being unhealthy. I'm just going to let you drop the mic right there <laughs> and say, I love your tangent. And if you enjoy hearing Ronald's passion, you will enjoy the Wait For It podcast. And I will say the other thing that's fantastic about your show is, like you said, you interview people. At least the episode that I listened to, there was a barrage of people who were included in that show to make sure that you were doing basically investigative journalism on a topic that you were interested in and really talking about both the history as well as the emotions, as well as like, what can what does that say about us as a society? I think that there's a lot to be gained from the work that you're doing. and. I hope that you continue to see success because you're doing phenomenal work. And the only way that we can stop the stigma and the bias and the societal expectation that is rooted in all kinds of problematic systemic issues from thousands of years ago when we had a caste system and hierarchy and people were enslaved of judging religions, like you name it, right? Like all of these factors go into the systems that are currently working through improvement, and we want to continue to be the people, the generation 
the work that needs to be done to change and undo all of that. And I see it in what you're doing and I appreciate it. And I think you're doing great work that needs to be done. So thanks for coming on and sharing with everyone and and doing the work, the hard work that, that you're showing up for. Thank you. I think I'd be remiss in saying like, I host a podcast, but there's a lot of folks out there that are doing more work than me. There's people that are actually working with folks to repair the harm in their minds. There's people that work with Bree Campos, works with folks uh, for body grief, things like that. There's people that are talking about eating disorders and all of that, that are doing like some real palpable work. So I'm a storytelling podcast. We're going to tell you the story and we have links in the show notes that'll, if something gets stirred up in you, please access the links, find community. But I really don't want to just stir stuff up in people and them just walk away stirred up with no actual action afterwards. Like, what are you going to do about this? How are you actually going to change your life? So I, I appreciate you saying I'm doing the work. I am doing some work, but I am not doing all of the work. And I think there's a lot of people out there that should be commended for the work that they do, uh, including you. And I thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course. And thank you. It does take a village. Bree has been on the show, so we'll put a link in the show notes to her. So many other people come to mind. So we'll try to put a link in the show notes to some other shows that listeners may enjoy. But thank you so much for being here, sharing your time with us while you're taking a little time off of podcasts or making time today. And listeners, we'll be back again shortly with a regular episode for you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.